Cost Camps Coaches Show, episode 21. Coaches, welcome to the Cost Camps Coaches Show. Today's guest, we have Coach Glenn McNamee, head football coach at Central Dolphin High School in Harrisburg. Coach McNamee comes from us from New Jersey. He's a, he's a Philipsburg, New Jersey native, went to Bloomsburg University. When he graduated college, he spent five years as an assistant football coach at Lenore Rhine. Uh, and Coach, correct me if I'm wrong, that's in Tennessee. Right it's in North, North Carolina, North Carolina. Right, okay. right above Charlotte. Okay. okay, sorry about that. After he got done at Lenore Ryan, he spent four seasons at Central Dolphin High School as an assistant coach, one of those under the legendary George Chomp. Now he's he's going going into your 17th year as the head football coach, or you finished your 17th year, Coach? Going into 17. 17, he's about, about to go into 17 years. Coach McNamee, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Coach, we're going to get into some uh, – the, the topic I want you to touch on here is I want you to talk about culture, how you arrived at where you're at today, um, you know, where it's, maybe where it started, if you can recall where it was 17 years ago. If that, Those might be some points you can hit on. Wherever you want to start, though, go ahead and start it and, and roll from there. Well, thank you again for having me and uh, especially to be able to talk about such a topic. I have great passion for it and still learning an awful lot about it. It's, it's a word that's, as many people say, is often overused, whether it's sports or business. But it really is the probably the defining uh, factor in what kind of an experience you're going to have as a coach and, and what kind of experience the players are going to have in sports and really in any endeavor. And uh, culture for us is, is the behaviors that, that, that uh, are reoccurring over and over again that are considered okay or acceptable by the group. And whatever that is, it's not always what you want it to be. It's not always the speeches you give or the words hanging up or posters you got hanging up. But whatever actually does happen over and over again that's accepted or considered okay, that's the culture you have. And some years, you know, we've been more successful than others in having the culture that we want. But uh, you asked about how the origin of it. My, our first three years uh, with the program, we didn't really have a clearly defined set of principles or beliefs. Uh, a lot of cliches, you know, give 110% is things we often like to say as coaches. And, uh, you know, we, we had some good years and some good things happened. But after that third year, there was kind of that feeling we all had as a staff that something was missing. Uh, something really big was missing. So we really charted a course to start to really clearly identify what it is we believed in most, you know, what we wanted to mostly accomplish, what we most wanted out of our kids. And in that, through that journey, we really started to put pen to paper and really finally for once established that. And then we rolled it out to the kids and the community parents. And ever since then, that was back in 2009. It's just been a gradual process of trying to refine and really improve on each of those elements that we identified that are important to us. Central Dolphin is an interest, just the layout of the school district coach yeah. is interesting. Yes. So it's, 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 it, first of all, it's expansive. It's like, it's a, it covers yeah. a wide area, but there's no like one. I don't know when, when I grew up, the, the town I grew up in, you know, it had a school, you know what I mean? Like there was a community Correct. within the town. 
The Same town here. was the center. Yes. Central Dolphin, and I, and I might be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but it doesn't seem to me like Central Dolphin has that one. It's Harrisburg, but there's all kinds of like different, uh, there's developments and sections and yeah. neighborhoods that are kind of like spread throughout the, the quote-unquote suburban Harrisburg or the, the Harrisburg Metroplex, if you will. Yeah. So how do you how do you get everybody to kind of get get bought into the to the Central Dolphin stuff? You know what I mean? That, yeah. Well, you are you are correct, and that's always a challenge, I think, in school districts laid out like that to really establish an identity for the school or an identity for your program. And I think that's what made it even more important and vital that we did create a clearly you know, a clear, clearly stated set of values and beliefs at culture. So that way we could rally around that. And then over the course of time, if you're consistent with that, that really helps with the formation of identity and how you see yourself. Because as you pointed out, that doesn't come inherently from growing up in a town or being second or third generation players or students. So I think I said, I think it becomes even more vital that you really put that out there, that culture that you want to have and be consistent with it year in and year out. And now that we're, many years into this effort uh what's pretty cool is now you're starting to see uh you're getting a little more of that feeling i guess of uh what you might have if you were in a high school that was part of a town by having that continuity year after year what were some of the original core values and have they changed over the years now that that's that's what's helped us so much i think is that what we decided then and where we put our stake in the ground in 2009 it's been the same It's just been a matter of trying to do better and better at getting our kids to live them. And uh, it really revolves around three things, our our mission, our core values, and our strategy for winning. Our mission is to win by being the best person, player, and student. And we we don't hide the fact that winning is at the center of our mission. Uh, As we say to our parents and and our kids, it's an extremely competitive world. And the one that they're going to enter into is, is, is maybe going to be the most competitive ever. And uh, this idea of winning and competitiveness is going to help. Plus, the pursuit of winning, I think, as a way of bringing people of all walks of life together. You know, and, and we have a very diverse team in terms of personalities and backgrounds. And I think the pursuit of winning is a great way to bring all of those diverse people together. And, and of course, like I said, it's that specific formula of person player student developing to your potential in those three ways our core values are hard work selflessness enthusiasm uh, we have you know clear definitions for each although they're mostly self-explanatory and our strategy for winning games is play great defense play great special teams and ball security uh, we, we like to package things in threes because they seem most digestible when they're in threes I've uh, heard some other coaches talk about it and reinforce that as well. And, and your know, kids, they're able to they're able to learn it better that way. And it's something we're constantly quizzing them on and constantly reiterating. But more than anything, we're trying to do things and create systems to really highlight each one of those elements. So that way the kids don't just know them, but more importantly, that they adopt them and live them. So you have like intentional ways to bring out the, yeah. the the person player and student part of your your correct mission. correct and that's a great word i think and when you hear and there's so many books written down so many talks about culture and there's some, some great great stuff out there on how to build culture that word intentional 
is right there in the middle of a lot of those discussions that when you're not intentional, a lot of times you don't get the culture you want. Uh, you get you often get a culture that you don't want. But uh, being intentional is a key in, in building a culture that you want to have and what you want to see out of the kids. Uh, you know, for example, when we talk about person. Uh, one of the things we did early on is create a community service program to help develop character because in volunteering and community service, it helps with a lot of great character qualities like empathy, respect, humility, the idea you're part of something bigger than yourself. Uh, we call it the community connections program. And this year we are going to go past 15,000 hours since we started in 2006. Wow. We've done over 600 events pre pandemic. We would do about 50 to 60 events a year. Uh, we'd read at elementary schools. We'd visit retirement homes help build playgrounds, do a lot for Children's Miracle Network and organizations like that. And it's been wonderful to, to see kids in that light and then other people in the community get to see what we see all the time, what great kids we have who come from really good families. So things like that help a lot with, you know, trying to develop character. Uh, you know, in the academic part and, you know, the player part, we also have different systems uh, to try to help again, they're not perfect systems. And it's, it's really a work in progress. Even after all these years, trying to figure out the very best ways to, to help our kids develop in those ways. Well, I'm interested to hear what, like you, I can kind of, that the person that, you know, what you're talking about winning as a person, being a good person. I, I definitely yep. understand it's going to help you win. I can talk to, uh, you know, a player understands the better player he is. It's going to help him win. Yeah. The student part of things. How can you how can you talk that uh, kid that's not yeah. necessarily into school that doesn't like school doesn't like sitting there doesn't like sitting in classroom attending class first of all and then paying attention in class getting all his homework done how do you how do you convince him that being a good student is going to help you win? That's a great question. There is no question that that is very challenging. Uh, what we've done and again this. It's a work in progress. We're, we're trying to get better to reach even more of our players to help them strive towards their potential. But one of the things that's helped us tremendously is uh, we have an academic excellence program. And at the heart of that are three academic coaches. Uh, they're teachers in the building, and that's their main focus is to check the grades because they have access to their grade books. They not only see their grades, but they can see, you know, are there zeros? Are they missing assignments? Is it low test scores? And they provide that information all year, not just during the season, to our coaching staff. So as a staff, we're constantly receiving that information from the academic coaches on our players. Those academic coaches will use that info to communicate with parents and to let them know. Because the more there's that, that connection of you know teachers, coaches, parents, that, that really helps to, um, I think, helps with motivation. When the kids know that they're being cared about in that way. Uh, we also have a variety of incentives. We do academic captains where uh, they literally get to be the captain at the coin toss for the game based on nominations from teachers in the building and how they're doing in school at that particular time. Uh, we also have end-of-season scholarship awards at the banquet based entirely or partially on academic success. Uh, we also highlight football honor roll in the building and on our website, social media, so there's a variety of incentives to try to – there's the carrot and the stick, right? So right. we try to use both because you're right, it is very challenging with you know certain players to, to really latch on to that part of our mission statement. It's cool that you get the faculty involved too. 
So they, so what do you send yeah. out an email asking for nominations? Yeah. Yeah. And what's the response and, like? Do you get, do it, it's been get great. Really it's good? been great. Cause they, 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 we've done, we've done it so many years now that it's something that they're very aware of and they like to be able to participate in that kind of way. They all know who the football players are. They wear their jerseys on game yeah. day and, uh, you know, and other reasons too. So they, they like to be able to participate in that way. And another thing that's helped us to really make that connection with faculty so that way we're working together. So we call guest coaches, something that uh, coach Monas from Lebanon Valley had mentioned to him years ago that he did this with guest professors where they would have basically an all access pass all week uh, to come to practice meetings and certainly to stand on the sidelines for game day. And the feedback has been incredible almost to a person. They always say, that they can't believe how much goes into the sport of football <laughs> and how much the kids do and the coaches. And they're, they're always very, very impressed uh, because a lot of people don't know what all goes into football. Right. They just see that game on game day and they think that well, what do they even do the rest of the week, let alone the rest of the year. Yep. So having them that way, they always really appreciate when they're at practice we bring them in, give them the script, you know, Hey, this is what left hash means, you know, explain a little bit. And they, they really appreciate that. You know, then when they, they're done with their guest coach experience, and we ask for things like academic captain nominations or just checking in to see how our kids are doing, they now have a much greater tie to the program and even a little bit of a vested interest. Are you able now, since you've done this for so long, are you able to have guys that are out real world, established, they got careers going on, they're successful, that can kind of like talk – I don't know, you can bring them in and talk or you, yeah. you can even or just use them as examples to your players as somebody that's been through this now they're successful this is what football can that, do for you all that good stuff that's that's a great question and that's something that we we yes we do and we love doing it because selfishly it's wonderful to see these guys come back and to be able to reconnect with them it's just so great to hear them speaking to our current players and it's something that we want to do even more of and beyond that, we're starting to share more with our players now about, uh, you know, the journey that a lot of these former players are on. We, we show them where they started out, how, how, how light they were, how skinny they were, and what their bench press was when they got started. And then show them where they finished with how many community service hours they did and how they did in school, what their bench press ended up being. And then show them where they went from there because of how they bought into the program. And it's it's it, it it's it is it's really it, it's neat to be able to share that with the players, and it helps them to understand that there's a much longer horizon there than just themselves in this current year. You talked about well, first of all, I, I missed one of your core your core values. You said self selflessness, then you said something, and then enthusiasm. What am I missing? Hard work, selflessness, and hard enthusiasm. Work. Hard work. Yep. Okay. All right. So let's talk. And those are you consider those core values. Core values. Yes. Now, is there, do you have some sort of intentional incentive system to talk about those three things? Yeah, we do. And again, each of those are a work in progress. So we're trying to get better and better at helping them to live those. Uh, we, we just believe that it really matches our personality as a coaching staff. We also think that these are three things that not only are going to make them better and make it a better team, but whatever it is, whether it's uh, their family lives or their work lives, when you, when you work hard and you have enthusiasm and motivation and you, you're selfless and you're around people that are selfless, 
that's when people I think are at their very best and the experiences are at their very best, not just sports, but even outside of sports. And the way we tell our kids is they're connected that, you know, in order to work hard, you need to have enthusiasm. It's really hard to work hard over a long period of time if you don't have enthusiasm and motivation and passion. That's a good point. But if you have that, you are going to be able to work hard and that hard work, and the improvements that are made from that become so much more meaningful when it helps others, whether that's teammates or whether it's in the community, that hard work becomes more, more meaningful for sure when it's helping others and not just yourself. So that's how the three are connected. And, you know, for hard work, what, what we hope is that just inherently they see the improvements that they make when they work hard in our program. And that is the greatest incentive, I think. We also have a workhorse award. That's one of our scholarship awards every year at the banquet based on off-season and in-season work ethic. Uh, enthusiasm is one that we're really trying to ramp up because, you know, kids, they do want to have fun. Sometimes as coaches, we're so much into the grind. We forget about how important it is to inject those, those fun things. And this past year, uh, we started doing some surprise birthday parties. You know, we work oh, that's out, a so great we, idea. We bring in pizzas and, and have some fun. One we, one time we had pizzas and a movie. One time it was a cookout for somebody's birthday. We did a slip and slide, and some of the coaches even joined in on the slip and that's slide. Awesome. One time in winter workouts, the old line coach took all the offensive linemen in the sleigh ride because we have some big hills on <laughs> campus. Uh, they really enjoyed that. We had some farm show milkshakes at the end of a practice. Uh, we play music at practice for certain periods, and we even do dance competitions sometimes at the end. A lot of big man challenges, tug of war. Uh, we're really starting to try to do more of that because, you know, it is a different generation now, and they, they most certainly want to have fun. And like we say to them, enthusiasm is something you have to feed. Uh, otherwise, it can, like a well, it can dry up. So we're trying to do more of those things to help feed that, that enthusiasm and keep that passion, which enables you to work hard enthusiasm is almost taboo these days because if you, yeah. if you, if, you know, everybody's trying to beat the next guy, you know, everybody's yeah. trying to keep up with the Joneses. And if, and if you do fun stuff, it takes away from, you know, yeah. putting your nose to the grindstone and getting ahead. Yep. That's, that's yep. one thing with enthusiasm. Yep. The other thing is, and, and I've noticed this with players and I think it's the advent of, of cell phone cameras. Yeah. Everybody has a camera. So if you're acting goofy, someone's going to film it and they're yep. going to make a, they're going to make fun of you for it. Yeah. So it kind of curbs a lot of enthusiasm because people don't want to be they don't want to put themselves out there. They they don't want to, yeah. you know, let go of their ambitions just for just yep. to, just to cheer their buddy on or or dance like you said, doing a dance competition. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. enthusiasm thing, that's important. I I think you're right. I think there is some fear there because that that you're always worried of what might get captured on video and yep. certainly then it gets put out there to the universe yep. potentially forever. So you're absolutely right. And, and from a coach's standpoint, you're right. You're so limited on time and, you know, we try to schedule our practices very, very carefully and, you know, <laughs> offensive coaches one more time, the defensive coaches one more time, special teams coordinator wants more time. And then you're talking about, putting in a dance competition, you know, everybody, nah, let's spend more time on days. So you're right. It's easy to just kind of skip all of that in favor of just your normal practice stuff. But like I said, one of the things we've really discovered is 
is you know, it's hard to work hard yep. unless yep. you have that enthusiasm. So sometimes what you give up by doing those things, you end up getting more right. in terms of work ethic, especially as the season goes on and it starts to get more to be more of a grind. You get into September and October. Sometimes you get more out of it by actually scaling back, which is sort of counterintuitive, but you have to have enthusiasm in order to work hard over a period of time. Okay, let's get into the last phase here, the the strategy. Sure. Talked about defense, special teams, ball security, which aren't necessarily three things that are, I don't know, quote-unquote sexy, I guess, if you want to (laughs) say that. You know, everybody wants to talk about X's and O's and what they're doing offensively and, and you know, what what different formations we're getting into and, and all sorts of stuff like that. But it, to be intentional on defense, okay, can you can you talk – are there some things that you do to, to – if you're, if defense is important, are there, are there certain things that you – that you, I don't know, that you give to the defense? That you give more time to defense in practice? Is, are there more awards for defense? How do you make that important? Well, first of all, you're right. It is not sexy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something we talk to our kids about, quite honestly. Our culture is not, it's not um, replete with all kind of sexy things that especially this particular generation would say, wow, that's great. That's exciting, on the surface at least. And, uh, you know, we, that's something we take great pride in that, you know, in the end, if we're able to live this culture, it's going to be an enormous amount of fun. So even on this, you know, even though on the surface, it may not be quote unquote sexy. The end result is it's going to be an incredible amount of fun and memories that will last a lifetime. It's something you can take with you to be successful in other parts of your life. And our strategy for winning is another example of that, you know, it's, it's not something that's going to jump off the page in a lot of kids but that's why it's incumbent on us to really explain to them why it matters why it works how it has worked and really revolves around field position and since we've been keeping track since 2009 our record when we win the field position battle is it's off the charts uh, meaning when our average starting field position is better than their average starting field position in the game and when, once they hear that and they hear those numbers for all those years, start to get their attention a little. So you share that with the players? You're sharing the Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. And, and then you show how defense, special teams, and ball security really contribute to field position. Uh, ball security alone is something that we place. In, obviously, it's one of those three legs of the stool. But we talk about our record when we win the turnover battle, uh, which is even better. Than, than the field position record. And that's something that's really eye-opening for them, and it gives them an incentive to want to buy into that. But it, it, when we watch film, it, it, we always look for those teachable moments to show how those three things really help with field position and how field position really helps win games. You mentioned about defense. Uh, it, it, this is something that you know the college game may have changed or the pro game. I, I can't really speak to that, but in high school football, Especially in this part of the country, in this part of the state, I think it, it, it still it still it still matters most. It's still what wears the crown, and it's still what leads to championships. Uh, but you're right; sometimes kids don't always get excited about that as you know, offense or passing game. So one of the big things is personnel. When it when it comes down to it, and you're deciding who's playing where, and and how many minutes they're playing. Uh, it's so easy to start to gravitate maybe those, quote, better players to offense, right, because that is sexier. And you, you don't want to hear the fans complaining about how bad the offense is. 
But just having that courage of your convictions to say, you know, we're, we're saying play great defense. We're putting these guys over there on D, and maybe they won't play as much on offense, knowing that maybe we're not going to have as good of an offense. But we are going to follow through with our strategy and show the kids they're not just words hanging in our weight room, that we actually mean it. And practice time's another one. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you only have so much time. Where are you spending it? If you really look at it, is it 60% offense, 70% offense? Because there's so many great things you can run. You, got, you need time for it, though. And before you know it, the practice is over, and 70% of it was offense. We work really hard to make sure that defense is getting every bit what offense is getting, in some cases more. Although the defense coordinator always feels like it's not enough. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which I don't mind. I'm glad. I'm glad he wants more. Well, I was going to. Yeah, add. personnel and, and practice scheduling are two examples of, of you know, how, how you really, in the end, make sure that it's, it's getting a priority. Is there ever any angst with the offensive coaches because they, they're not getting the guys they want? Because well, the offensive coordinator is a Lebanon Valley guy, so he is a saint. <laughs> He's an absolute saint. <laughs> Had to get my plug in there for Lebanon Valley. Doc's a great but guy. He great really guy. is. And, and I got to tell you, and I'm, and I'm being serious, the way he has embraced the overall strategy for winning has enabled him to handle a lot of these practice decisions and personnel yeah. decisions really well, and I'm grateful for it. All right, talk about special teams now. I know that's – um, yeah. I, I know the, of a former special teams coordinator that you had that would have, I mean, he would have like dinners at his house, like on Sunday nights yeah. with guys that are interested in going, talking about special teams and things like that. What else do you, are you guys doing to, to get that going? Yeah. Cause that's a challenge too, isn't it? To yeah. get high school kids excited yeah. about special teams. Helmet stickers still to this day are something that, uh, our kids at least seem to like. And the only way you can get a helmet sticker is through special teams, being a starter or making, you know, making a play on okay. special teams. Uh, we also have a special teams meeting every week where we show film. We really commit time because it's easy to go through a week and you don't fit that in where we're showing film in the previous game and really highlighting what went well, what didn't go well, reinforcing our overall beliefs there on special teams. Sometimes we bring in food if we have certain, successes or meet benchmarks we'll make sure to have food for that meeting uh but certainly practice time we're always making sure that we commit enough practice time and the one thing we've done last several years is you know you have individual periods on offense and defense but a lot of times special teams you're only doing 11 on 11 right we've really broken down and done some individual and group work as well as 11 on 11 that shows the kids not only does it help with the fundamentals but it shows them that we really are putting a premium on it, that we really are making it a priority. Because when they see that you're doing individual drills and you're spending the time coming up with them and actually executing them, they know that we really are serious about special teams. Do you do you guys film your special teams in practice? Uh, absolutely. And, yeah, and we film we film everything. Who watches that? Do, do the players? Our special players teams watch? coordinator. I get it. Yeah, and, and sometimes we'll watch for the players not as much as we like. Special teams coordinator always does. And that's another thing I think that's been good. I know good for us is I think some teams still kind of do it by committee. Mm -hmm. You know, they share the yeah. responsibility of special teams. We have a coordinator, and that's all he coaches. He's not a position coach. Uh, he's not he's not responsible for anything on offense or defense. That's his baby. That's his total commitment for practice and for games. And I think that's really helped us a lot. And, again, it shows the kids how serious we are about that element of our strategy. 
that's nice on game day when when you got that Very. one. I mean, if, if that's always yeah. in charge, you know, he if someone Very. goes down, your next play is yep. is a punt or a punt return. He's gonna yep. know if that's all that guy's doing. He's gonna know who's supposed to go yep. in, for, and you're gonna get you're gonna get yes. your eleven out there. And you know, there's always that need for substitutions yep. on Friday nights. But I can tell you, most everybody uses the iPads now. To be able to troubleshoot with iPads and grab right. kids and show them on the iPad yeah. what happened on that kickoff or what happened on that pump protection, that's invaluable. Last one, you talked about ball security, and we kind of touched on it earlier, but are, are there? do you do drills and circuits and things yeah. like that for ball security? Absolutely. We'll do the ball security drills. Like I said earlier, one of the biggest things we do is we constantly quiz them. What's our record when we win a turnover battle? And on film, we're always using teachable moments, uh, whether it's a quarterback throwing away, avoiding the interception, or heaven forbid we have a turnover. Uh, you know, defense, when we force turnovers, really showing the impact that that had on the game, not only in terms of field position, but the psychological impact it has with turnovers. Uh, also, <laughs> the kids on offense, they know that if they turn the ball over and it becomes habitual, that's going to affect playing time. Right. And that's a hard thing as a coach because if you have a talented kid, you know, really talented kid who can maybe break open, you know, uh, break open the game, make big plays, uh, and they, they start turning over, you know, we, again, we got to follow through. If this really is one of the three legs of the stool that our strategy sits on, you know, we got to start reducing playing time. And then when kids see that, they realize that, hey, they're not messing around. This really is serious. This is a big deal to make sure we do not turn the ball over. And I'm not talking about one moment, but, it, you know, if it becomes habitual, practice and games, start putting the ball on the ground, then, you know, maybe maybe they don't play as much. And it's amazing how that often will have a tremendous impact, not only on that player, but on the rest of the team. Who they start to tighten up a little bit with the ball security. When I um... – when I go on the internet the next day after whatever, uh, a Sunday morning, and I'm looking up college football box scores. First thing I do is look at all the scoring drives and how long they were. That's the first yeah. thing I do. Then I'll go to the team stats and I'll look to see the turnovers, who won the turnover battle. So what you're talking about there, I mean, I'm just, yeah. it just, it's ingrained in as a coach. I mean, yeah, those are, yeah, those it's, are it's real. It's no those numbers. Those numbers don't lie. I mentioned our our turn our record. When we went to turnover battle, which is eighty four and eleven. Something the kids. I, I hope I hope already they would be able to answer that if you ask yeah. them. Certainly by the time we get into the summer, they should. But uh, that that's a powerful number right there. We're we're thirteen and fourteen. We lose turnover battles. We actually have a losing record compared to a stellar record. Uh, that's a very stark contrast. And one thing that does help now is. It's becoming really universal. I know ball security was always important, but I know when I was younger watching, <laughs> certainly in the pros, there were some guys that were a little loose with how they carried the football. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, it, the the video of Walter Payton, I just saw it uh, on television. Squeeze it with one hand. Yeah, sometimes in one hand, right? But now when you watch these guys, you know, they really, it seems like almost all of them, they're carrying that ball high and tight. And our kids always look up to the, college and pro guys for good or for bad that they're role models and that that's something that is helping us now they're seeing how they are for the most part holding that football well coach we, we went through all the uh your your core values we talked about mission your core values and then your strategy we kind of hit on all those points 
but this this was really good stuff. I appreciate you coming on. Well, I really appreciate you having me and uh, talking about this particular topic. I said it's beginning. It's something I have a great interest in. I'm sure you could tell by my voice inflection and at times probably talking a little bit fast and a little bit much. So th- thank you for your time. I really, really enjoyed it. No, not a problem, Coach, and, and we, we should do this again sometime. Uh, I don't know, maybe next Absolutely. year this time, do another follow-up Any- episode, something like that. A- anytime. I'd love to be able to talk ball. Awesome, Coach. Awesome, man. Have, have yourself a good night. Talk to you Thank later. You. Take care, Coach. You too.